the creature was behaving strangely. I'd been on the job for three weeks, watching it every night through the security cameras, but I had never seen it act like this. The creature was about six and a half feet tall. It was covered in roots, vine-like tendons, and green plants that seemed to grow out of its bark. Its arms were elongated, ending in hands with digits made of flexible roots. Its face resembled a human's, but it had no visible eyes, just knots of organic growths. The hair comprised small green sprouts, and the face was a mess of scars, like a tree that had been attacked with a hatchet years ago. We had no idea where it came from every night. It just seemed to appear in the massive facility 45 minutes after sunset, nor did we know how it had been created. All we knew about it was that it only appeared at night and that it did the same thing every time it appeared. It cared for the plants in the nursery. The foundation had turned its attention to this place, Wilson's nursery, after 84 employees vanished without a trace one day. The facility was huge covering five square miles where they did everything from growing plants to shipping them off to stores when they were mature enough to sell. They even had an area for recycling organic waste generated in the process. Of course, there was also an office building for the numbers side of running a nursery. The foundation acquired the place and shut it down. It would have been irresponsible to keep it open after 84 people went missing. And every night since those people disappeared, the creature showed up and went through its nightly ritual of caring for the plants. Despite the lack of eyes, the creature didn't seem to have any issues doing its thing at night. This included watering, fertilizing, searching for pests, and trimming the plants to keep them strong and healthy. The creature also apparently produced an organic pesticide that it dispensed from its hands as a sickly green fog killing pests, but leaving the plants unharmed. Those in charge of this new SCP decided that keeping the facility closed was the way to go. They didn't want to risk more people's lives, and it seemed to be working for a while there. But now, as I watched the creature stalk around the nursery in agitation, I knew we'd have to change the containment procedures. It wasn't hard to see why the thing was upset, Despite its best efforts, many of the plants in the nursery were wilting and dying. They were just too many for the creature to handle. As soon as I saw the way the creature was acting, I radioed for the other seven members of my team to get ready for action. We gathered just outside the nursery facility's greenhouse. The facility itself was located on the outskirts of a city and surrounded by woods. This gave us some space to secure the thing if need be without worrying about civilian casualties. The rest of the foundation employees were set up nearby in a small cluster of buildings under the guise of a telecommunications hub. I looked around at my men in full gear, their weapons held comfortably, like they'd been born holding the semi-auto rifles. Matthews and DeBold were the two most senior, and I could always get a feel for how the other five were doing through them. You boys ready? I asked. Absolutely, sir, Matthew said, looking over at the nearby nursery wall. DeBold nodded. He'd never been much of a talker, but I'd learned to read his facial expressions. He was on his toes with anticipation. 
My radio crackled. Sellers from command spoke in my ear. 3019-1 is headed for the north wall of the nursery, he said, his voice tight. Let's move, I said, knowing that the rest of my team had heard the transmission. We jogged around from the west side of the large greenhouse. It's taking a panel out of the wall, Sellers said. Hurry! The greenhouse was made of clear polycarbonate panels set in a metal skeleton, and I immediately spotted the panel the creature had removed. It strode out into the open, apparently headed for the woods some 40 yards away. We ran to get within range for optimum accuracy. Matthews took three others and angled toward the woods to flank the creature, while DeBold and I knelt on the ground and started shooting at the thing. My other two guys backed us up. It was clear immediately that the bullets weren't going to be effective. They either bounced off some parts of its body or were absorbed by others. It was only pissing the creature off. Matthews, try Agent Black, I said. One at a time, for God's sake, I added. The creature was approaching the woods where Matthews and the others were. I got my men up and we jogged that way, staying back a safe distance to see what the Agent Black would do. Although it was dark in the woods, I could see Matthews pull one of the black grenades from his hip. He pulled the pin and then threw the cylinder at the creature, who was about 20 yards away. The creature extended its right arm to twice its original length, knocking the grenade back toward Matthews and the other three agents. They ran deeper into the forest to clear the area. The agent black grenade exploded next to a small tree, sending black smoke over the plant. The sound of the tree cracking as it withered and folded in on itself was loud even from where I was. The creature clearly didn't like this, and it roared, speeding into the woods after Matthew and the others. Let's move, I shouted, running after the thing. We got into the woods just as the creature was picking up one of the new guys, a young man named Valdez. It slammed him against a tree. The sound of his bones cracking was eerily similar to that of the tree dying. We moved closer, and I fired a couple of bullets at it, just to distract the thing. It lunged toward us, releasing some kind of yellow smoke into the surrounding air. The stuff just seemed to pour out of its body. It smelled sweet, like pungent flowers. I held my breath against it, but it was no use. I'd already breathed some in. My body suddenly became heavy. The world tilted as my legs stopped working properly. I stumbled and fell to the ground, consciousness fleeing with the speed of a bullet train. I came to in the same spot, face down on the ground. It took several minutes for the confusion to fade. I looked at my watch and saw that it had been nearly 40 minutes since we engaged with the creature. DeBold and the two others with us were also coming around. I saw Valdez's body nearby, but there was no sign of the other men or the creature. The four of us struggled to our feet and then got moving, heading deeper into the woods. Sellers, you there? I said, after putting my earpiece back into place. Logan, what happened? Sellers replied. The thing dosed us with some kind of knockout gas. Have you heard from any other members of my team? Matthews reported that the creature was heading into a neighborhood, but I lost contact with him. That was about 10 minutes ago. I have another team searching the area, but there's no sign of them yet. Hold on, I said. We were approaching a small clearing, and I could hear something moving beyond it. The entity stepped into the clearing. Its face resembled a gruesome flower as it walked. Six petal-shaped flaps pulled back, splitting its normally humanoid-looking face. 
It was too dark to see what was at the center of that gruesome flower, but whatever it was seemed to writhe like insects or worms. The creature's head rotated, almost as if it was scanning the area like a flower-shaped satellite dish. I signaled for my men to stop, and we huddled behind a tree at the edge of the clearing. The thing started across, looking as if it was heading back to the nursery. Should we fire? Debold whispered from behind me. Prepare your agent black grenades and stand by, I whispered back. I heard him tell the two others to ready their grenades, but as the creature continued on at a plodding pace, I noticed thick vines trailing behind it into the woods. And that's when I heard the voices. Just say the word, sir, Debald said. We're ready. I put a hand back. Wait. The vines coming out of the creature's back were taut, trailing several yards back into the woods behind it. But I could hear the whimpering sounds of people getting closer. Sure enough, the edge of a giant mass of vines emerged into the clearing. Trapped within the net of vines were people They were all jumbled together like sardines caught in a fishing net. Limbs and heads stuck out here and there as the creature dragged them along. There must have been nearly two dozen people caught in the net. The sides stuck onto a couple of trees. The mass was too big. But as I watched, the vines shifted, moving and compressing the jumble of people to fit through the trees. Some of them screamed as they were contorted into unnatural positions. I thought I heard a couple of bones snapping. Stand down, I told to Debold. Put the grenades away. Agent Black was nasty stuff. I knew what it would do to those people. What are we going to do? Debold asked. I could tell he was nervous because he was talking so much. Still, it was a good question. I didn't have the answer yet. So far, bullets had done little more than piss the thing off. Our options were limited. The creature was moving through the clearing directly in front of us the net dragging along a couple of yards behind. I saw a face I recognized in the mass, Matthews. He was struggling to get out of the net and it looked like he was making progress. Stay here, I said to Debold and the other two. I'll be right back. I moved down through the woods and then ran out into the clearing, coming close to the net from behind. As I got to it, I pulled my knife out. Matthews saw me coming, but he didn't say anything. He knew better but a civilian caught in the net, a young woman with a deathly pale face and dark hair, didn't know any better. Help! She yelled. Shh! I told her, quiet. But it was too late. The creature stopped moving. I rushed, slicing with some effort through an incredibly tough vine holding Matthews. The net came open a few feet. I pulled my agent out, and then we both turned to help some of the others out before the creature did whatever it was going to do. I pulled the young woman out and was asking her if she could walk when her face convulsed and froze in a world of pain. Her eyes and mouth opened wide. Something moved in the back of her mouth, coming up her throat like a snake. It was a vine, followed by several others. They filled and then twisted out of her mouth, ripping her lips at the cheeks as they grew too big to contain. Then her eyes bulged, pushed from the inside before they popped, exploding and splattering me with warm jelly vines pushed out, covered in blood and goo. The vines came out of her nostrils and they all started reaching toward me. I took a couple of steps back, speechless and unsure what to do. Matthews had his back turned to me because he'd been trying to help an older man out of the net. But from my angle, I could see a vine shooting into his chest from the net. 
and I knew his fate was going to be the same as the woman's. It also impaled several of the other people near the hole in the net with vines. I backed away into the woods, glancing once at the creature, its ghastly flower face fixed on me as I moved. Once I was in the woods, the creature turned again and resumed its journey, pulling Matthews and the others back into the net and resealing it. It's got some people, I told Command. I think it's bringing them back to the nursery. It killed the ones I just tried to free. There was a long pause before Sellers replied. Just follow it. Don't intervene again. But we don't know what it will do. Those are your orders, Logan. I gritted my teeth and glanced at Diebold. He looked about as happy as I felt. We followed the creature and his catch back to the nursery. It discarded the ones it had killed momentarily, pulling six living humans in with it. Then it pulled the other bodies inside. A few vines put the panel back in place. We're going in, I said over the radio. It wasn't a question, but Sellers answered anyway. Copy, be careful. We moved up to the panel, removed it, and entered the greenhouse. I moved in first, following the drag marks on the ground. Diebold and the other two men followed behind. The drag marks led out of the greenhouse and into the potting warehouse, but I found myself in the office building, which was on the other side of the compound. I stopped. What the hell? Diebold said from behind me. This isn't right. How are we in the office building? I pulled my air testing device out of a cargo pocket and took a minute to test the air. What's going on in there? Sellers said. The cameras are malfunctioning. There's something happening with the layout. I can't explain it, I said. I'm not seeing any psychoactive particles in the air. We're not hallucinating. Do you see 3019-1 or any of the victims? Negative, I said. Okay, get out of there. Now, Logan. I looked around at the office building, knowing that I would be putting more of my men in danger if I continued on. I gave the command, and we moved back out of the building without issue, replacing the panel as we went. The camera started working again after the sun came up the next morning. Everything looked normal again. Sellers allowed me and my team to go back in, but we found nothing. No evidence of the creature or any of the people it captured. When night came, the creature appeared again and went about its nightly routine. But this time, it had some help. Six humanoid figures helped tend to the nursery. They had been living, breathing humans the night before. Now, their bodies were made of roots, flowering plants, and soil. The creature needed help, so it went and got help. And it killed 13 people in the process. 19 if you count the six helpers, who might as well be dead. We suspect that it has turned the others into fertilizer for the plants. Four members of my team and nine civilians feeding the soil. Sellers decided that it would be best to keep the nursery open during the day, letting people work to keep the plants healthy so another breach doesn't happen. So that's what we do. The workday ends half an hour before sunset every day. As long as the plants are happy, the creature is happy. And our job is to keep it that way. SCP-3019 is the designation for a facility known as Wilson's Nursery. The property covers five square miles. SCP-3019's effects are not apparent during the day, and as such, the nursery is allowed to operate while the sun is up. After sunset, however, SCP-3019 enters an active state. Approximately 45 minutes after sunset, 
SCP-3019-A manifests somewhere on the property. SCP-3019-A is a humanoid entity standing at 1.96 meters tall, with forearms appearing to be extended via wooden growth, and a severely scarred face capable of peeling back into six petal-shaped flaps via embedded vines emerging from the eye sockets, nasal passages, and mouth. It does not appear to be impaired by low-light conditions, has been seen using tools, and has displayed extensive knowledge of horticulture. It has proven capable of lifting weights in excess of 1,300 pounds through the use of muscles reinforced with plant cells more resistant to tearing. It has also survived typically fatal injuries via unknown means. Upon manifesting, SCP-3019-A will water the plants, meticulously search for any sign of pests such as caterpillars or mold, exterminate pests, mulch collected cadavers into fertilizer, and apply fertilizer. When any human or certain animals enter the property, SCP-3019-A will enter a markedly hostile state. It will immediately move to the human or animal in question by the most direct path possible without disturbing the plants. How SCP-3019 can locate intruders without sensory organs is unknown. Upon locating the intruder, SCP-3019-A will attempt to disable them by bludgeoning them with agricultural tools. It will then move the remains to the potting area of the nursery, where it will convert the remains into blood and bone fertilizer to be applied to the plants within SCP-3019. This is typically done by crushing the intruder with vine-like growths before feeding them into mulching units. Depending on the mass of the intruder, this process can take between one and four hours.